0: Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety.
1: I'm Tom Rutledge, and with me is our wonderful producer, Patrick Newman, and uh, Dr. Alan Berger. Well,
2: listen, we, we say welcome back to Emotional Sobriety, but what we mean is don't let it leave you.
1: That's right. <laughs> Don't let it leave. Well, you, but, though. but you know, I mean, you know, you and I, we can, we can overthink anything. And so let's, let's do that. It's like, what, what the hell is a podcast anyway, but the overthinking, but it's, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, that we all have to be able to do that because because we, we, one of the things we want to teach people is is is, is that the, the normal thing is, is you know you have it and then you don't have it. So then the idea we're all we're, right. we're, always, we're always we're, we're always, always, we're we're always possible, coming back. Yeah, it's always, like, coming it's, back. it's always a breath counting meditation kind of thing. We, you know, it's like I always say if you're count, if you're doing a breath counting meditation and you're counting to ten and you tell me you got to ten, then you're cheating at meditation. Yeah. You know, it's like come on, yeah, it's, it's like it's sure. like nobody gets to ten. <laughs> I loved it when I was back in Akron,
2: Ohio, to, to go back and celebrate Founders Day. Uh, I went to where the first AA meeting was held, right? In Akron. Yeah, yeah. They have a big sign on the wall that says, welcome home. We've been waiting for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome home. We've been waiting. Ominous. Ominous. Yes.
2: Uh, guy, you know, I'm so excited today is we got a real special. So before we jump into it, Patrick, you want to check in real quick? How are
0: you doing? Uh you know I'm doing good um i uh new year and new set of priorities and uh I don't know just in terms of recovery like um if uh all goes according to plan, and, um it'll be four years in June and um couldn't be uh couldn't be more i don't know satisfied with uh this stage of my life in all its imperfection and uh stumbling so uh happy to be here with you guys. Well, we
1: learn, we learn from the imperfections, the the imperfections in the stumbling. They're the teachers, right? We definitely do that. My sponsor
2: knows firsthand about my stumblings and imperfections. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll get to that in a minute. I just wanted to share something. You know, we talk about how we love hearing from people and giving us feedback and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, And I promised even when it's negative, I'll share it. But this was a positive one. Mm -hmm. And it's from Margaret M. up in Ontario, Canada. And she goes, Dear Dr. Berger, I just finished reading your wonderful book, 12 Essential Insights for Emotional Sobriety and felt compelled to immediately reach out. And thank you for putting your wisdom and experience out into the world. I am recently sober. Tomorrow will be 150 days and joined the fellowship of AA after hitting a rock bottom with my drinking last year. This is my first time getting sober and working the steps. Early in my recovery, I reached out to a fellow member on an evening when I was struggling emotionally. She shared her experience, strength, and hope with me and also shared a book list that included several of your books. I am so grateful that I picked up the phone that night to ask for help something that has traditionally been very challenging for me and that I found my way to this book reading your work has been revelatory for me and has provided me with such necessary insight and tools to move forward with my own with my recovery from alcoholism and just as importantly my recovery from emotional dependency a dependency that has ruled my life for 39 years this book has already changed my outlook in my life profoundly. I am awake for the first time in my life. I have basically highlighted and underlined every single word. I cannot wait to read it again. And I know that I will come back to it frequently. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: With gratitude, Maggie M. Maggie, welcome, man. That's, that's beautiful. Alan and congratulations. Cause I mean, I, I, mean, I agree with everything she's saying about that. Uh, it's, How wonderful. I mean, yeah, well, you know, it goes to this purpose thing. Look, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, what I I learned
2: from the from Tom, who's here today, is that we're freely given this thing and we try to freely give it back as much as we can and to share what we've learned along the way. And um, it just touches me that it's received in that way. But look, without any further ado, Mm -hmm. let's invite Tom in and and welcome Mm -hmm. him to this podcast uh, talking about purpose and and his contribution to my book.
1: Yes. Welcome, Tom. Yeah, guys. Hi, and and I always want to say on the on the outset here. This is this is just for anybody who has confusion at times because sometimes when you refer to Tom, you know, and you say that he says such he's and you quote him on such wise things. I I have a mixed feeling. I'm going like maybe I'm getting credit for maybe they're thinking it's me who said that. But <laughs> but but the truth is it's not. It's 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 Alan, It's Alan's long long term sponsor. How how long have you guys? How long have you guys known each other? Fifty one years. Wow. Almost fifty-one years.
3: Yeah,
1: at, at, are you aware that that's over a half a century? Oh, we are
3: very <laughs> <aware>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, well, when, just, you, when started, you put it like that, I just
1: wanted to point it out just in case. <laughs> <laughs> damn, that's a that's a two syllable Texas. Damn, by the way, damn. <laughs> I'm going to get out of the way and let you talk, talk about y'all's relationship. And, and I love the, I love the fact that Tom's here as we're talking about purpose.
2: Yes. Well, that's it. And, and, you know, one of the things that inspired me so much when I met you, Tom, is just how powerful the experience was that you were having in your recovery. You know, I met you, I think about two and a half years, almost three years into your journey. And you had just spent a lot of time with Flowbird. And can you share with us how you discovered your purpose in
3: recovery? Well, obviously I was inspired by somebody else watching them, you know, and I think I, I wouldn't have come up wouldn't have come up with this on my own for sure. You know. <laughs> um, you know, she um you know, I was one of the, you know, very, very fortunate people to, you know, to um to have met somebody who was extraordinary, um, gifted, evolved, and um, and being young, you know, I was 21 years old and um, very impressionable, um, and uh, yeah, I, I was. Um, I think it was, um, you know, I, I, I remember when I first first t- talked to her and sat s- sat down and talked with her. And I, one of the things that, it hit me was, you know, I. Because you know, I was strung out on drugs and all that. And, um, you know, and, um, you know, the notion of of being clean never even occurred to me. You know, it's like, um, you know, being clean to me would be not taking pills, not shooting dope. It would be just be smoking dope and Mm -hmm. drinking wine. That would be clean, you know. Um, You know, so, you know, so meeting this woman, you know, and, and, and realizing what her, her whole thing was about that she was she was an AA, you know, of of being, you know, completely abstinent from all, all drugs. Um, I, uh, that, that was one part of it. That was that was that was one part of it, you know, that she was she was free. She was free in that area. But the other thing that I see that she was free, period. I could see it in her eyes, I could feel it in her I knew this woman had found something, you know. If there's if there's a if there's a river out there, a, 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 some kind of a psychic, spiritual river out there, she found it. She tuned into it, and she was in it, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and, um, and and I remember, I remember even saying to myself, if I could get what she's got, if I could find what she's found, I know I could make it in this world. And uh, as if I knew this all my life that I wasn't going to make it here. I just wasn't going to make it. I didn't have it. Um, I was never going to fit. Uh, you know, I can remember being in school with a little kid, you know, just sitting there and the teachers, you know, talking math or talking English, or whatever. And all the students raising their hand to answer questions. And and man, they might as well have been speaking goddamn Russian because mm-hmm. I, I could not understand word. they were. I didn't have an idea what they were talking about you know, nouns, proverbs, you know, um, adjectives, you know, I mean, what in the hell does that shit mean? You know, it just did, and um, same thing with math, total mental mental block, you know, do a subtraction, I, I just couldn't even put my, wrap my head around it, you know, so so there was some, you know, some real damage, you know, there, obviously, you know, um, but, um, so I knew I didn't fit, and then and then, of course, you know, people like me, you know, the way they compensate is, you know, they become a the class clown, you know, and just get everybody to laugh all the time, you know, and um, you draw the attention to yourself that way. So, you, so you're not drawing the attention to yourself that you're, that you're, you're stupid, that you can't learn, you know, and so it's, you know, it was, you know, smoke screen, you know, we're, we're good at that kind of stuff. You know, so, you know, I, um, you know, I, um. I I knew she found something, man. I knew, I knew it was, you know, and it, it's it almost as if I knew it was always there. It was there. I just didn't know how to get there, you know, or maybe I just hoped it was there that there was going to be something there. And, um, and I said to her, you know, I, you know, I want what you have and, um, you know, and I didn't know at the time she gave me the typical AA response, you know, well, if you want what I have, you know, you're willing to go in any lengths to get it. Well, mm-hmm. here's what I did. And, uh, and she just, uh, you know, she unraveled the program to me and said, you know, she's first of all, you're going to have to find a power greater than yourself, you know, uh, a God that you can understand and trust in. And I told her, i don't believe in god i don't think there's anything like that out there i mean if there's a god he's got a heart on for me and um, you know in the sub things have always gone bad and, um, and she says no you can have you know you're going to have to find that and she's it's just that you won't make it unless you do and she says and the problem here is no one can help you find it you can't go to a church. You can't go to books. You can't do any of that. You got to go within. You know, you, you got to truly hit that state of desperation and go within. And um, well, I did. You know, I did. I I I I got it. I got it that she had something. She found something. She was in tune with something. And I had to get what she what she got. And um, and she couldn't give it to me. Nobody could give it to me. Interestingly enough, I I lived with her for a month and a half. In this house out there in North Shore of Oahu, and, um, and more more young people my age that are showing up, and you know, and then they're all going to move over to the Big Island. They're going to live in tents, and they're going to live in, um, you know, and uh, have a, a van there and in the parks and stuff. And oh, it sounded great, you know. And then some of the other guys were saying, yeah, man, you know, you go over there, you know, we can go to hike Waipio Valley, you know, you know, there's some places we can surf and. And I'm I'm all jacked up. I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna you know, you know I haven't done anything like this since I was 11 years old. You know, and um. You know, and and Flaubert walks into the you know the, the room with me that one morning, and she goes, um, uh, says, "Listen, dear," she says, "You know, you're not coming with us." I said, "I'm not." And she goes, she goes, "No." She goes, she goes, "If you want what I have, you're not going to get it by following me around. You're going to only get it by doing what I done." uh interpretation was interpretation was this this is your chance to get rid of me (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and, you know and i was you know i was devastated you know it's like and and i I, I immediately hated her you know you fucking bitch you know and it's like you know abandonment dumped you know and and, um, and everybody else is all excited they're going they're packing and they're you know and i'm like you know just like whoa and then, and then, and then these people up the street, you know, a few houses up the street that were you know, the, the husband was in the program, you know, they said, Hey, Tom, you know, why don't you come up and stay with us? You know, they, they had a small family, you know, three kids and, um, you know, come up and stay with us. You know, we'd, we'd love for you to stay with us. And, and then it just hit me. My God, you know, this woman flober picks me up off the beach says to know me for Jack, you know, I wouldn't even Pick up somebody like me and bring them home. <laughs> she did. And now this these other people are inviting me into their house. And, and suddenly the gratitude came back. The gratitude came back. Look at, look at, look at so far what's happened, you know, and um and I somehow got okay. And I and I realized she was right, you know, if I wanted what she had, and I really did, that I would need to go step out there and find it. And that began the journey you know and um, she she emphasized really really strongly from the very beginning that that um and, that we were all supposed to become open channels that uh i remember i remember asking her, i said so so this god thing you know what is it you know i mean what does spiritual mean you know what is what is god's will for me if, if there's a god's will for me what's what's, what's the plan and uh um, and then she says well spiritual means unseen. And I said, Yeah, that's, that's, that's simple. Love it. Love it. Love it. And she goes, um, she's in God's will for you. It's she says, she says God's will for you is to live, love, laugh and be happy for his sake. Because you're a channel, you're an expression of God. And he can only express himself through you. And you got to clear the channel, open up the channel. And that's what the 12 steps are going to do for you. It's going to help you uncover and discover what your true nature really is, it's just dumb. It says when you open up that channel, which 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 you become is is is, a, is an open channel for this higher power to work through, and and and, and it will in various various ways it means. It will in in the, in the form of helping other people. It will be in the form of like, you know, giving you know allowing you to find all the potential that that you're capable of having in this world, you know and um. So, you know, I don't know why I believed it, because I never believed anybody before, but I somehow believe what she said. And, and, and when she said that, you know, that, that, that God will for me is, it, um, is for his sake, that this, this is how he expresses himself through us. He can't be himself, you know, thoroughly unless we open up the channel. That's, that's what, how we were been created. Well, you know, I bought it. About it, man, and um, you know, and, and that, and from that point on, you know, it's like, and then, and then she really, really pushed hard on this thing, of um, you know, of loving action, to get into loving service, get out of yourself, go to any lengths to get out of yourself, and um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I was an ex patient of a, you know, a, a maximum security mental institution for the criminally insane in California, you know, I was diagnosed, committed. By the courts as, as being criminally insane, and uh, and you know so you know and so I had that hanging over me too you know that something's wrong with me you know I'm broken, and um and 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 as with most people that go into recovery they 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 go into this stage of you know different stages and phases it's not all you know that you know pink cloud thing you know they go, you know they they sometimes hit these deep, really really deep dark places you know. And um, and I would hit these places, and uh, and I would say to her, you know, I, I I'm afraid I'm just I'm just locked into a a depression, you know. Um, you know, I've shown all the signs of clinical depression, and she'd say, no, honey, you're not you're not depressed. She goes, when you've turned your will and your life over to the care of God, she says, you know, um, you now are experiencing pains of spiritual growth, pains of spiritual progress. It's it's a process now and you need to just go with the process, go to any lanes to get out of yourself, get into love and action, try to do something for somebody else every day without them finding out you did it, you know, make it internal like that, you know, it's it's, it's, it's a deal between me and my higher power, not you or the person I'm helping or anything. And oh my God, hard, <laughs> oh, I, I remember the first time I even tried it. First of all, I remember her saying that to me that morning and I went, okay, I'm gonna do that. And I, sat and I she said, okay, so what can I do for somebody else? And I thought, I don't know, man. I kept thinking, what, what could I do? I just couldn't mm-hmm. think of a damn thing I could do for anybody.
1: Couldn't even come up with something,
3: yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing, no, <nothing, laughs> you know, not even a smile, you know? And um, mm-hmm. and so I, I went to her and I said, you know, I, you know, I can't think of anything I could do. And she goes, really? I go, yeah. She goes well. She says, "Well, why don't you go into the kitchen and wash all the dishes?" And I said, "Well, everybody'll know I did it." She will say, "Wash the fucking dishes, anyways, will <laughs> <laughs> you?" know, so, so we got you know that's that's how I kind of got moved into this thing. You know, it's like you know, you, you know, you have to drag your ass in there. Or you do it, you know, <laughs> but eventually eventually, she yeah, I share
2: sure, share that more experience you had with the coffee, going and getting everybody
3: coffee. Oh yeah, that was, that was a little, that was a couple of years later, but, um, you know, I would go into these, you know, she, she would call these, you know, I would call you know, I would, you would call them depression. She she would call them pains of spiritual progress, mm-hmm. dark night of the soul, you know, you know, she, she dressed it up really, you know, really just was, different
1: names, man. They're just different names for it. <laughs> you know, depression is just
3: another name for the blues, you know, absolutely. <laughs> so, so she, um, so I, I, you know, but I would sink into these things and 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 they would get dark and they would get gnarly. And I mean, they would last for weeks. No one could stand to even be around me. I'm, I'm so negative, you know, just, ugh, you know, like, you know, radiate. Know.
1: yeah, I get it. Radiating out of you, man. It's like, you don't even yeah. have to talk, right? You That's walk true. in the
3: room and it's like, yeah. this is a bad place to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're just bringing down the whole room and stuff, you know, and yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm in one of these places and um, I get, I'm, I'm, we're on the big island. This is a couple of years later and we're on the big island. We're all living in tents. And um, and I'm sitting in this tent talking to her, you know, I guess trying to get spiritual or something, you know, because she, she had this dialogue that went on all the time, you know, and you just, you just wanted to soak it all up, you know, but I'm, 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 I'm depressed. I'm, I'm, you know, really down. And, and this other guy that's with the group comes walking into the tent and he goes, Hey, can I get you guys anything? I'm like, I'm going to go up to the store and he goes, Hey, I'll uh, let me take this trash out of here. And, um, and, 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 and he grabs a broom and he sweeps up some stuff. And I'm, I'm like, what the fuck's he doing, man? He's, you know, he's, he's interrupting us, you know, you know, and, and you know, and he's, you know, he's, he's annoying me and, and, um, and he's all chipper, you know, and happy, you know, <laughs> like, you know, hate that shit when you're depressed, you know, no kidding. <laughs> and, and he, um, so I, I he left the tent. I, I looked at flobert and I said, I said, what's wrong with him? Anyways, is he, is, what's he, is he over hyper or something like that? And she goes, no, honey, he's not hyper. She goes, he's thoughtful. And then she, then she pats me on the knee and she goes, that's okay, baby. She goes, you just haven't been given the gift of thoughtfulness yet. She, she, I wasn't quite sure how to take that, you know, oh, so it's you know, an observation, Tom. <laughs> She's
1: just making a very clear observation. Because <laughs> clearly you hadn't. <laughs>
3: yeah, but really, um, I don't like to be told it, though. Uh, so so, anyways, I, I don't know, it might have been a week, um, a week later, but, you know, I, I was, you know, in this dark place. And I, and I remember just getting desperate and saying, OK, and uh, OK, God. Please give me the gift of, of thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in this house with, uh, with, you know, there's probably about five or six other people. We're sitting in the living room, you know, you know, all sitting around. And I decided I was going to get a, a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden the thought came to my head once you ask everybody else if they'd like a cup. And I said, fuck no, man, they can get their own cup. And, <laughs> And I went to get up and this thought says, if you don't, you're going to use and you're going to die. I said, I'm not going to use and die if I don't get him a cup of coffee. And this other thought came, go ahead rebel." I went, Jesus Christ, man. So I said, would anybody like a cup of coffee? And everybody, oh, yeah, Tom, you know, you know, one sugar and cream for me, da, da, da. You know, all like, I, fuck. And I walked in the kitchen and made everybody their cups of coffee. And I'm just about to turn around and say, okay, the coffee's ready come on and get it and this thought came in my head they'll go out and serve it to them mm-hmm. the thought of doing that was humiliating it was like there's no fucking way yeah. you know they can get their own goddamn cup of coffee you know i'm not going to be a chump and, you know walk around hand mm-hmm. everybody their fucking cups of coffee like a waitress you know and um and then the thought came you don't and you're going to use and you're going to die and i thought Jesus Christ. I'm in a life and death crisis over a fucking cup of coffee. <laughs> Just like that. And then, this, then the thought, go ahead, rebel. The next thing you know, it uh-huh. handing everybody their coffee. They're all saying exactly what I don't want to hear. They're, oh, Tom, how thankful, how thoughtful of you. Uh-huh. Oh, that's sweet. You know, and I can get, take your fucking coffee and drink it. You know, it's like, but it did something. It changed something. I, 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 from that point on, every time I want to do something for me alone, the thought came once you ask somebody else if they would like this you know you figure it's a formula
1: for for thoughtfulness i it's amazing it's it's like I, you know we, one of the things we talk about a lot is how to get things practical into practice it's like and I, but i but the internal i just people listening i just want you to, you may not even need this but i just i just want you to focus on that internal Story, the internal conversation that Tom just described. He, he had been told two years before that he had not been given the th- the gift of thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness showed up on one day, and on multiple occasions, he told it to fuck off. It's like it, you know, and it and it resisted a little. See this, I love this. It resisted a little, but then it just said to you, "Okay, go ahead." You know, rebel, and it's like. And it get, you know, so, and that, and, you know, you think about that, that's how we learn to deal with, with, with resistant people too. A lot of times is we push back, but we, but ultimately we go like, it's okay. It's up to you. And that's what that wisdom inside of you did. And, you know, and you begrudge literally very begrudgingly did this stuff, just feeling humiliated, you know, and getting all the responses that felt bad to you and you, you but you had no way of knowing you were getting the, the gift of thoughtfulness. So and, I mean, you know, and a formula to recreate it, which yeah. is, uh, you know, I, I love, I'm going to use that one. I take that one. That's a takeaway for me. Whenever I want something for myself, see, look around and see if anybody else might might benefit from or would what's up. Yeah. Simple yeah. enough.
3: Okay. But, you know, I mean, we, it says, it says in, in the program, the AA program, the book, you know, it says selfishness, self-centeredness is the root of all our problems, you know, driven by a hundred forms of, of, you know, whatever, you know, it's delusion and yep. self-centeredness. But, uh, um, so, you know, so you had to break that, I had to break that shell, you know, that selfishness, self-centeredness. And, um, um, and that's not to say that today I'm I'm totally, you know, as a matter of fact, my, 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 my wife used to hear that story and she'll say, Hey, you didn't ask me for a cup of coffee this morning, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you'll call me on it, you know, but, um, but, um, you know and, and i'll give you an example of once once you once your life is opened up to that purpose of being of love and service you know um then then the magic really starts then the magic i mean okay so so one day i'm um i'm at home and uh, and i get a call from the aa central office in uh, in honolulu and he said tom we uh, this woman keeps calling us from your side of the island. Her husband is, um, you know, needs help, and um, she keeps asking us to send somebody from AA to come over there. And, well, they would never send me on a twelve-step call because I was an addict, you know, and, and they knew was, my whole program was in NA, mm-hmm. you know, and they didn't want me, you know, spoiling any of their drunks. I guess, you know, um, mm-hmm. but but they were desperate. They couldn't find anybody, and this woman kept calling. So they 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 said okay well we'll 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 get the old dolphin over there in Hawaii you know on the, on the windward side and so I, they call me and I said okay I'll go and you know and and I, I get over this it's it's in a really exclusive part of of um, of Kailua and uh, and I I didn't even have a car I had to take the bus to get there and, and I, I, I walk down the street and I find the address I'm outside of the house and I hear this thunderous voice, screaming, raging. I hear furniture breaking. And and I'm thinking, ah, man, I'm gonna go in there and get my ass kicked. I know it. I said, you know, I I grew up with an alcoholic father, you know, I've been beat, you know, and, um, but you know, this, but the message I heard that, you know, if you go on such an errand, that God would protect you. I said, okay, we're gonna find out. So I knocked on the door this little Korean woman opens the door. And I said, you know, that I'm here from AA. And she says, oh, please come in, come in. I walk in and there's this guy. He's, he's gotta be about 6'3", 6'4", 280 pounds. I mean, big dude. Mm-hmm. He's got the dining room table busted in half. Um, he's got chairs across the living room floor. He's raging, screaming. There's three little kids hiding behind the couch and he's throwing shit at them, you know, mm-hmm. and raging at them. And I looked at this guy, and I thought, you know, you know, if I get into with this guy, he's going to kick my ass for sure, you know. And but all I could think about was I got to get this guy out of the house, away from these kids, you know. And uh, and I and I somehow convinced him to come with me. And uh, He came, and there was no detox centers back there back then, and uh, you know, it's, you know. Get into this one halfway house. It's called Sand Island. It was very difficult to get into that. And and Flobird, you know, she, you know, when I was staying with her, she brought people to her house all the time and would detox them. You know, you know, going through the DTS, whatever. And and um, I mean, that was just the way you did it back then. You know, you took them home and you you know and you put them on the couch and um, and they Jonesed and did whatever was necessary. So. He's, he said he wanted to get sober. You know, want to help. He said he was afraid he was going to be sick, and he's afraid he was going to be crazy. And uh, I said, "Okay, we'll get. If you want, if you, if you really want to get, you know, get sober, I, I'll help you." I said, "I'll take you come back to my house." Well, I had just gotten married about two months earlier, so I come walking in the door with this guy. My wife <laughs> look at that I said, um, "Hey, this guy he's going to stay with us for a few days, you know, but you know it's." you know he might get a little sick you know but we you know we'll handle it and she just says you yeah, know okay you know and um so he he stays there that night he's at our house that night we're in our bedroom and i hear this scream, this noise out, out out in the living room you know and i, I jumped up out of bed and i open the door and i see him i see him um ch- chasing chasing a another per, another guy across the living room and the other guy jumps out the kitchen window. And I'm going, what, what's going on? What's going on? He goes, hey, I'm just laying there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm staring straight ahead. I'm, I'm thinking I'm seeing someone climbing through a window and I'm thinking I'm hallucinating. And then the person walks all the way up to me and I realize it's a person. He thought he was hallucinating. And, and actually someone was burglarizing our house. And uh, <laughs> And when he got, when when he realized it was a person, he just got startled, and the person mm-hmm. started running. You know, jumped through the window and took off. So, you know, I remember thinking, "Wow, oh, man, if I had I not brought this guy home, who 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 knows what would happen that night?" You know, <laughs> um, sixteen years go by. Uh, you know, this guy he got sober. He, you know, I lost track of him. Um, sixteen years go by, and. I get a call from the narcotics anonymous central office and they said tom we we have a 12-step call for you are you you willing to take it i said yeah 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 give me give me the guy's number and i talked to this guy he had just got out of prison he's climbing the walls he wants to use i said have you ever been to a meeting he goes no i've never been to a meeting i go okay i'll come and pick you up so he met me on this corner and uh i pull up he gets in the car you know we're driving along and i said you know yeah, it's funny the last time i've been in this neighborhood man it was a long time ago it was about 16 years ago you know we're driving along i said yeah i helped a guy There was that house right there and i pointed the house up and this guy says to me that house right there I go, yeah. he goes it was a guy named gene i go yeah it was he goes "Yeah, that's my father he was he was one of the kids behind the couch you know oh. so yeah. So, you know, this, this is what I'm saying. You know, we, 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 we get into this place of being of love and service and become an open channel and man, the magic happens. Okay. We're going to, we're going to stop
1: right here. We're going to take a break here. We're going to include the second part of the interview and the conversation with Tom uh, Alan's wonderful, amazing sponsor uh, in a, a second podcast.
0: He has that quality of um, nothing sounds rehearsed. And when he tells us the story, I feel like he's uh saying it for the first time. Oh, he's totally present
1: and telling. telling, Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's so much a part of him. I mean, that's the
2: other thing, but I really want people to hear how early on he really found his purpose, right. Mm -hmm. Is to really, really focus on love in action. That was the theme that flow you know, really kept right in the front of his consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you that has played out. I mean, I can say that personally, his generosity, you know, how he will be there for me and do anything that that I, if I'm in trouble, he's there. I mean, that's the kind of man he is. And it, it's amazing. And so I'm so excited that everybody's going to get to hear more of him as we mm-hmm. continue this show next week. Absolutely. And I wouldn't
0: I wouldn't want to let the day pass uh, without congratulating uh, Tom Rutledge on his sobriety mm-hmm. birthday celebrated yesterday. Right. Can you tell us how? Yes, that, yes how I, went? Have,
1: I have. I have. It was it was nice and peaceful and I have uh, successfully procrastinated my next drink or drug for 36 years now and so it's i had somebody tell me a long time ago that recovery is based on procrastination and i was so happy to find out there's a positive application for that talent of mine you know i'm just you know and and if you think about it the addiction has been working uses procrastination all the time i mean how many years was i going to get sober but just not right now as always pushing it off but but uh this the um But as a result, it is, uh, for the most part, effortless. uh, But, you know, I I always say I never want to be I don't want to live in paranoid fear of my addiction, but I never want to be without appropriate caution. So I don't take it for granted. I've known people who've had been sober as long as I have who've who've lapsed back. So I'm aware that there's there's vulnerability always. But I am more than amazingly grateful for these 36 years and for, for my wonderful wife who uh, made that suggestion very powerfully 36 years ago. I think it was in the form of either you get sober now or you move out tomorrow. And, uh, and um,
0: I'm, I'm still living with her. That's a good binary. (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I have a friend who's in rehab, he's got something like 63 days and I will impart that nutshell to him. He's just gotta keep procrastinating.
1: Absolutely. That's right, just not today. Tend your life, tend your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then we glass and hand and children on no one knee. Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Will entertain me like nobody else So here's to us My old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me.